Before the world, we raise our voices for the home that gives us birth. In our joy, we sing returning home to our blue-green hills of earth. It is a beautiful world, isn't it? This blue-green world, this home we've been given, warmed by the sun, moistened by snow and rain. And these days, all these little gifts that are appearing, these little miracles popping up out of the ground where it seems like everything is dead, right? Of course, it's also a broken world with plenty of hardship and suffering and injustice. Much of those things, much of it caused by humans, much of it preventable if we could be more aware and more awake and more willing. Our worship theme for April is the way of embodiment, which at the very start invites us to notice in case we've forgotten that we have these bodies, right? These vessels that can cause us trouble sometime, but where would we be without them? We wouldn't exist, would we? Our bodies remind us that we are creatures too. That being human is both beautiful and also messy sometimes. We touch someone that we love and we feel a spark of connection, a tingle of pleasure. We hug a family member or a friend and we feel, here I am at home again. We sweat, we smell, we get wrinkled and saggy if we're lucky to live that long. At some time, our bodies do start to wear out or are overcome by illness and we die, and then our bodies are returned to the earth, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, human to humus. You know, people created religion because we have this human existential problem of being alive and knowing that we are going to die. Good religion helps us to live on this earth as fully as we can to hold both the joy and the beauty and the pain and the loss. Our Christian tradition is centered on the idea that God is not distant and removed, not out there somewhere, but here with us. And that's what our friend Jesus is meant to represent and to remind us of.
the incarnational theology that God was embodied in Jesus when he walked the earth and that we are meant to be God-bearers too. I was in here before Vespers last Wednesday and I was looking at the light coming through that stained glass window at the end of the day and looking at the way his hands are portrayed and I thought of the line that we used to hear in church all the time when I was a kid, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest or I will refresh you depending on the translation. But you know, 2,000 years of human history and church history have made things a little complicated, haven't they? What our friend, the Hebrew teacher and prophet Jesus started, it got changed by the Roman culture that Christianity grew up in. For his time, Jesus was radically inclusive. But it didn't take long before the church fathers started saying, only men can be priests. And in some traditions, they are still hanging on. I wonder for how much longer. Jesus spent his ministry with the common people, touching them and feeding them and healing them. But over time, the church became more concerned with power and with kings and princes, right? And the church became more powerful and more regal and less earthy. The dualism of our Western culture caused the church to put God and heaven up there in the clouds and caused them to split off light from dark and heaven from hell and the spirit from the body. The body became this thing to be distrusted, even ashamed of. How many of you grew up, and it's in the culture too, right? How many of us grew up being ashamed of the body, our bodies? Those church fathers seem to have forgotten the beautiful creation story from the first book of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis. When God creates the heavens and the earth, the text says, then God saw everything that he had made, everything, and indeed it was very good. Everything was good. It says it right there in Genesis. So there is plenty of healing and liberating work to do to make religion more human-friendly and useful to us again, and I hope that we are part of that project here. It's happening these days in all kinds of places and traditions. The words that are at the top of the order of service today, this may surprise you, but they were written by a Roman Catholic priest named Ronald Rollheiser. He's a great writer, and his books about Christian spirituality have really nourished and inspired me over the years. He lives in a religious order in Texas, and from what I understand, he is one earthy and alive human being. And you hear this and his passion in his theology and in these words that he says, 
The body is not something from which one is ever meant to escape. Rather, the body is to be understood as a temple of the Holy Spirit, a church, a sacred place where God can come and make a home. Did you get taught that in Sunday school? I didn't. We need these bodies, right, to feel love and hurt, to experience our own strength and our own tenderness. I am someone who can spend too much time up here in my head, but lately I've been learning how good it is to spend more time in my body, aware that I have it and listening to it as much as I listen to my brain. Getting out for a walk under the sky, doing some exercise, making a celebration of simply fixing a cup of tea or coffee. These things bring me back into my body and back down to earth. You know this too, don't you? How these simple physical acts can be so grounding and nourishing and sustaining. There's a story about a child who gets woken in her sleep by a nightmare. And her mom hears her crying and comes into her daughter's bedroom and slips into bed with her. And the mom starts stroking her daughter's hair and rubbing her back. And the girl pretty quickly calms down and her breathing slows down again. And she seems to be getting sleepy again. So the mom yawns and starts to get up and go back to her own bed. But the daughter grabs her mom and holds her tight and says, don't go, mommy. And the mom says, it's okay, I can stay. But remember what I've told you. When I'm not here, when I'm asleep in my room, God is still here with you. And the little girl says, I know. But right now, I need God with skin. (laughs) You parents, particularly of younger ones, do you ever imagine that this might be at least some of the time how your children see you as God with skin? As earthy, embodied manifestations of the holy? Do you ever think of your parenting as doing God's work, as doing holy work right here in the real world? I hope you do. I hope you do. I'll never forget the day that I became a parent. It was 29 years ago tomorrow. My wife Tracy was exhausted after a long and hard labor. And so after holding our new baby against her chest for a few minutes, each of us in those moments shedding tears of relief and gratitude and joy, Tracy listened to her body. Her physical reality started shouting her at her. It kicked in and she said after a few minutes, what I need right now, what I really want right now, is a sandwich. 
And this presented an unexpected and beautiful opportunity for me. One of the nurses there said to me, sit down in that chair and unbutton your shirt. So I unbuttoned my buttons. And then she reached over and she grabbed the t-shirt that was underneath it and she stretched it out at the neck. And she took our little Will, who was just minutes old, and she tucked him inside my t-shirt, his chest against mine. And I held him there, I don't know for how long. Our faces like this, inches from one another. I don't know how long that lasted. It felt like a second and it felt like an eternity at the same time. I just know that it was the most profound blessing that I have ever received. I borrowed my sermon title from an essay by a woman named Brenda Peterson called In Praise of Skin. She wrote this essay after she got a skin disease that doctors were unable to diagnose. She had a rash that all over her body she had these little red marks that looked like chicken pox. And nothing helped her until one day she went to see her step-grandmother who knew something about skin. And this wise woman said this to Brenda Peterson. She said, your body's skin is harder working and more wide open than the human heart. It's a sad thing to see how skin gets passed over, barely touched, except in sex or sickness or deep trouble. We pay so little mind to our skin. We might as well be living inside a foreign country, this wise grandmother said. Then she started to heal Brenda by touching her by massaging and caressing her skin. And in time, the spots went away and Brenda's skin became healthy again. There's a poem we read here at memorial services sometimes. It's called Epitaph. Written by Merritt Malloy, it's the voice of the deceased speaking to those of us who are still living. Here are the last few lines of that poem. You can love me most by letting hands touch hands, by letting bodies touch bodies, and by letting go of children that need to be free. Love doesn't die, people do. So when all that's left of me is love, give me away. Isn't that a version of what Jesus said to his friends and would say to us today? When all that's left of me is love, give me away. Too often religion sets itself apart from our beautiful, messy very human lives. Too often, spirituality is presented as something light and airy and ethereal, right? But that's not where we live. We are mortal, formed 
from the earth. We come from the earth, and to the earth we are going to return. Aren't we meant to practice an earthy and embodied faith while we are here? Aren't we meant to cherish and enjoy these bodies that we have been given, to get to know them and to give praise and thanks for this skin that we are wearing, to see it as beautiful, to see it as a blessing. I'm grateful to be living in this time when there's an expansive spirituality. There's interesting things happen in this liminal time around religion and spirituality. And I'm particularly grateful for the everyday mystics who remind us that the holy is always right here in our midst, here to be experienced and enjoyed and shared. Mystics like Peter Mayer, whose song reminds us that if we're going to meet God anywhere, it's in the present moment, it's in the flesh, it's in our lives. And so here again, these lines of his expansive and life-giving spirituality that I just love so much. When I was a child, each week on Sunday, we would go to church and pay attention to the priest, and he would read the holy word and consecrate the holy bread, and everyone would kneel and bow. Today, the only difference is everything is holy now. When I was in Sunday school, we would learn about the time Jesus split the sea in two, and no, it was Moses who split the sea in two. Testing you. <laughs> and Jesus made the water wine. And I remember feeling sad that miracles don't happen still. But now I can't keep track because everything's a miracle. Wine from water is not so small. But an even better magic trick is that anything is here at all. So the challenging thing becomes not to look for miracles, but finding where there isn't one. When holy water was rare at best, it barely wet my fingertips. But now I have to hold my breath like I'm swimming in a sea of it. It used to be a world half there, heaven's second-rate hand-me-down. But I walk it with a reverent air because everything is holy now. That's the invitation to us in these days, to be mystics ourselves, to see the holy as here and now, in our midst, in ourselves and in others, in our beautiful and broken world. How can we keep from singing? Amen. Thank you.